Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're tuning in to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So in today's episode, um, what we're going to do is we're going to review the um, international consensus meeting, musculoskeletal infection, their criteria. Um, so, you know, this is something that uh, first came out in 2013, and it reminds me a lot of, if you remember, the differentiation between septic arthritis and synovitis in pediatric hips, the Coker criteria, you know, where it came out with a number of options of things that you could use to then take a look and see what the risk of infection may be. So if you remember, it's elevated white count, fever, sed rate, inability to bear weight. You know, later on was added a C-reactive protein to make it even more sensitive and specific. But, you know, total joint infections have been a big deal because they're not always obvious. Um, and the number of total joint replacements in the world and in the United States is continuing to rise. So even if you keep the percent of infections the same, but the total number of joint replacements is going up, and then cumulatively you have more patients with joint replacements out there, we're going to see a lot more of these infections. And, you know, it's easy when someone comes in with pain, fevers, chills, pus, you know, draining wound, um, obvious signs of infection. The harder and more difficult thing is these patients that, you know, kind of don't fit that standard, obvious sort of presentation. They might have pain. You know, is it septic or aseptic? Is it loose? Or, you know, is there instability? Is there something else going on that's causing this pain? So we needed to find a good way to diagnose this. And when this consensus meeting was put together in 2013, they came up with a set of criteria. So they had major criteria, which included two positive periprosthetic cultures with the identical organism um, or a sinus tract communicating with the joint. So those two things, you go, yes, it's infected. And then they had a bunch of minor criteria, and they decided that a um, prosthetic joint infection was present if three out of these five minor criteria existed. So these were things like an elevated sed rate, CRP, elevated white blood cell count in the synovial fluid, positive leukesterase, elevated PMNs, histological, um, positive pathology, and a single positive culture. So, you know, taking all of that and then jumping forward, they didn't came up with an updated criteria. And that's what I want to review with you today. Um, and a big portion of that um, is the new test, which is really common now, called the alpha defensin. So there were a number of immunologic tests um, that were done, and they looked at tons of tests and basically almost all the interleukins and different tests to try to figure out what had the, the best sensitivity and specificity. And a lot of this work was by um, Dr. Carl Demargian, who actually just won the Kappa Delta Award 2020 for a lot of this work. And what they found was this alpha defensin, which was an antibacterial peptide, which is released in the synovial fluid in the setting of infection, was 97% sensitive and 96% specific. So by doing this test, it really added um, a lot of information to these patients that don't present with you know, an open wound and pus where it's obviously infected. So the new um, definition of prosthetic joint infection that came out in 2018 um, at this consensus meeting um, was similar but a little different. So the major criteria, this stayed the same. So two positive periprosthetic cultures with phenotypically identical organisms that was infected or a sinus tract 
communicating with the joint. That was infected. The minor criteria um, changed a little bit. So these were these additional um, things. So they looked at the serum C-reactive protein or a D-dimer. So the C-reactive protein in an acute elevated above 100 or chronic above 10, and a D-dimer in a chronic infection. This was a new thing. The D-dimer was added in 2018 over 860. If they had either one of those, that scored two points. And if they had an elevated SED rate that was over 30 in a chronic infection, they didn't look at this in acute infections. So if they scored that, that was one point. And then they looked at the um, synovial fluid. So if you had an elevated synovial white blood cell greater than 10,000 in an acute infection or greater than 3,000 in a chronic infection, that was three points. This was the same as the 2013 criteria. They changed the uh, leukocyte esterase. So previously it was either one plus or two plus. On the new updated um, 2018 consensus, it was two plus on both acute and chronic. And this was the new thing, a positive alpha defense in test. So that was a new finding. So any of those, so elevated white blood cell count or positive plus two leukesterase or positive alpha defensin, that was three points. And then they had an elevated synovial PMN. So this for an acute infection was 90%. For a chronic infection, it was 70%. And that was lowered. The previous was 80%. So an elevated synovial PMNs, that's two points. A single positive culture, which hasn't changed, that's two points. Positive histology, three points. And positive intraoperative purulence, three points. And what they did then is then you calculate your number from those points. If you had greater than or equal to six points, the joint was infected. If it was four to five points, it was inconclusive. And if it was less than or equal to three points, it was not infected. So from this criteria, we're then able to really discern in these patients where it's not blatantly obvious, you know, whether or not they're infected as to how best to treat them, because there's a number of these patients that may have infections, but be culture negative. So having these other criteria are really, really helpful. So I will summarize all that in the show notes. Um, I will also um, put a link to the ICM Philly website. I think that's a really, really good website that um, you should check out. And there's a lot of great information um, on that website, specifically regarding periprosthetic joint infections. There's also um, a link on there, and I'll put the link directly in the show notes as well to their PJI risk calculator, which is based on a study that was published in JBJS. And it's kind of interesting because if you have a patient and you're trying to determine what their risk of infection may be, um, you can plug in their BMI and their sex, their insurance status, smoking status, drug abuse history, um, what surgery they're having done, the number of prior surgeries they've had on the joint, and medical comorbidities, and it'll punch out a calculated score risk of what their percent risk of infection is in their lifetime. So it is something that you may consider in a high-risk patient as a way of counseling the patient to say, hey, we plugged all this data in. This is your calculated risk, just so there's appropriate informed consent of what their potential risk of an infection may be if they have multiple comorbidities. So again, so there you go. There you have it, the uh, the ICM definition of PJI from 2018 consensus statement. Um, sure that, uh, you know, as things change and progress, we may see an update in the near future. Um, 
And in the meantime, keep reading, keep studying, keep taking good care of your patients, keep listening. Um, and if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe so you get updated of the newest and latest episodes when they come out. Share it with your co-residents. And if you do have the time, greatly appreciate if you leave a review, if you like what you're hearing, because it helps other people like you find this podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.